gentlemen, boys and girls. It's your boys, Lockdown, and we are coming to you with a special Sunday night reaction episode. We literally just finished watching the uh, Bears and Eagles banger of a game. Uh, We are going to get into the double doink. Don't you worry. We will definitely be getting into that game. But to start off, uh, how about them boys? How about these cowboys? Come on! How about <laughs> them boys? See that defense? The defense was wrecking them two days ago, man. That was nasty. I What did I tell you? What did I tell you, Chris? The Dallas defense is gonna be a freaking issue. They're an issue, man. Both did defenses issue. were an issue. Just came it's down to issue. home team. Home it's team coming issue. out. It's an issue. So, oh man, we got yeah, we got a lot to get into. We are gonna keep this strictly for you listeners. Uh, don't worry, we're probably not gonna push an hour, and if we do, it's because we're talking about Cowboys and double doing for too long. But we're gonna start off. Uh, we're doing a recap of all four wild card games. Uh, we'll get into the heavy revy of the divisional round in our next episode. Uh, but today we're gonna keep it strictly with the wild card games. So let's talk about firstly. Them boys. Seattle and Dallas. Dallas pulled away with the win. <sighs> Playoff Dak, question mark? Listen, Dak's got that thing going on. He's got that Tom Brady thing going on. Where even when he's losing, they're down like 14 to 10. I'm sitting there, I'm like, this is fine, dude. You got Dak? Yeah, it's fine, dude. We're going to win this game. And what does he do? He has two straight drives. Big boy drives. Where he leads them all the way down the field. Makes play after play including that sweet hurdle when he flipped Ooh. up in the air. Oh, got that the third helicopter? 16, the helicopter. Third John Elway 2.0. Oh, yeah. Ooh. Awesome. That was, that was a big boy play right there. It's a big oof. Mm-hmm. Big, biggest oof of the year for the Dallas Dude. Cowboys. So Dak comes out there, drops 22 completions on 33 attempts, 226 passing yards, averaged almost seven yards a pass, which is pretty good for Dakie. One touchdown, one interception, and as we said, super clutch on the ground. Had a real, uh, really clutch rush in, in the uh, red zone. Six carries for 29 yards. Look, it's as simple as this. I don't know what you've got to say about this, Chris, but he came up big when he needed to come up big. In the closing moments of a defensive slugfest, Dacky Boy was there, and it was awesome. No, he did play a good game. He he uh, he, he played better than I expected that he would. Um, but... The I mean Seattle could not get their run game going at all, and that was a key. Oh, yeah. that, uh, Zeke ran all over them. Uh, Twenty six carries, hundred and thirty seven yards, and a touchdown. Um, it's, so it's like it's just hard for Russell to just put the whole team on his back and go out there and beat the Cowboys on the road with, Look, when you don't have a run mm-hmm. game. Yeah, they, there was only one team that won in this whole round that didn't dominate the line of scrimmage, and they have the look of magic on their side. I mean, when it comes yeah. down to it, usually the team that wins is the one that just dominates the front. The, you know, the offensive line and defensive line dominate. And that's yeah. what happened in that game. Yeah, so it was uh, it was just – it was a good game overall. Uh, Chris, what were you going to say about uh, whatever you are going to say? Well, I mean, they, they protected Russell Wilson really well, but 
I mean, they they only they ran the ball 24 times, but they averaged three yards a carry. Yeah. So yeah. that 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 yeah. front seven of of Dallas just totally shut them down on the run game. But They're both defenses issue. did play pretty well. Yeah. Well, it was like uh, I was saying. It's like I was saying before. You know, they weren't able to get enough going on first and second down, and they had a lot of third and longs, and they converted some of them. Russell made some great plays on third down, but man, a lot of the times as well, they couldn't. You know, and when you have third and sevens, yeah. third and eights, you can't expect to be to have a high uh, third down percentage. It's not going to happen. Yeah. You know, it's, it's too difficult to it's too difficult to expect that. Also, yeah. it would have been it would have been interesting with the Seahawks if they had a healthy kicker for more than half the game. <laughs> yeah, would have changed. That would, definitely, would have, it changed the whole game. It did. It really did. Yeah. The dynamic changed after Janikowski went down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They ran out of options when when it came down to it. So it was a. Yeah, overall it was it was Seattle had opportunities to try and capitalize, but Dallas shut them down. Amari uh, Cooper also turned in 106 yards and seven catches and a very healthy 15.1 yards per catch. Uh, listen, I don't know if y'all agree with me on this, but I think there's a new big three in Dallas, and it is oh, Amari yeah. Cooper, Zeke, and Dak. They you know have a it. Big three, and it's beautiful. It's so beautiful. So, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, Seattle got <laughs> shut down on the run. Uh, oh, oh, another point. Vanderesh, our boy Vanderesh, 10 tackles. What a beast. And Jalen, well, Jalen Smith, he got did seven, a, right? well, yeah, but he did a fantastic job spying Russell Wilson pretty much the whole game. Yeah. It's not something that's going to be talked about a lot, but he followed Russell pretty much all game. And he batted a couple balls down. He kept tracking him down to the backfield. He did a really, really good job. Making sure mm-hmm. Russell didn't beat them with his legs. Yeah, you would have uh, thought that Russell would have more than three carries, too. He had three carries, 14 yards, that was it. Yeah. And he, he scored. In relation to the run game, I there was something I noticed, too, that I was – we were in, in our group, group chat towards the end of the game, and I was a little frustrated with it because uh, Seattle, they really tried hard to force the run game on many of occasions, right? And it resulted in – Six of Seattle's 12 possessions ending in a three and out, including their very first three possessions. So they're three and 12, three for 12 on third down. And this resulted in Dallas dominating the time of possession. Uh, do you think this is simply Dallas's defense was too much for us in the offense or was it bad play? calling? I mean, they played that way all year. It's, it's yeah. difficult, man. You can't like that. You know, they tried in the early, in the beginning of the season, they tried to let Russell, you know, demand the like you know dominate the offense they tried to throw the ball a lot and they lost like four games and then Pete Carroll was like all right let's just run the ball and then they only lost two for the rest of the year so I mean that was the identity of the team you can't you can't ask a team to 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 let go of their identity in the playoffs just because they're in the playoffs you got to be who you are you know so I don't think it was bad play calling I think I think it was just a bad matchup for Seattle. I think the way they beat you is they beat you up on the you know their front five will beat you up, and they run and they run and they run and they get you tired. But they play the team in Dallas that just could do it better. Yeah. Yeah. It. Yeah. Dallas is just a better team. Uh, yeah, they are. Anything else? You guys got anything else in that game? Yeah. The the definitely the key was Seattle couldn't get a run game going, and that really hurt them. And I mean. Dallas. I mean, if it were if it were in Seattle, I think I would have given Seattle the nod there. Yeah. See, I think Seattle would have won if they were there. Yeah. Honestly. Get that twelfth man there, but yeah, Janikowski getting hurt too. That was big. But yeah, Dallas earned it. 
two-point so lead. So Janikowski looks like – he looked real out of shape. He looked like he was probably like 240. He looked really fat. Like, like, let's be yeah. real. Like, <laughs> I mean, if, like, there was, if it was dumpty. like 50s, that would be considered like healthy. So there's – you know, he's got that going for him. But he's yeah. just plump. Plump Janny, you know? <laughs> That's what happens when you're very plump. You, uh, you pull your hammy. P-L-U-M-P. Hey, speaking of plump, I'm pretty sure it's a good word to describe the whole city of Chicago right now, right? Plump. I think the opposite, because you think pleasantly plump is, like, happy. Right. Right? Yeah. And then, like, you want to kill yourself, Chicago. I think that's, like, the two different <laughs> emotions they're seeing right now. Chicago hey. double doink bears. What a game. Let's get, let's get into Eagles and Bears. Eagles and St. Nick, just as we said, your boys at TLP unanimous, unanimously agreed this was going to happen. And All even though I doubted Saint it Nick. towards the end, Chris did not doubt it. I will give him clout for that. Chris never doubted St. Nick, even though I did. And you can't doubt him. There's what? no way. Where do we even get started on this game? Like, what do you guys have to say about this? The Bears literally proved us 100% correct. They were the better football team. They played oh, yeah, better. Yeah. They made fewer mistakes. They capitalized on Philly's mistakes. Philly didn't. Nick Foles just became the best quarterback in football from the last drive. That's what happened. And Mitch Trubisky, I mean, he had a good drive too. He put them in a position to win. But when you got the magic on your side, man, things happen. You know, you get you get you get field goals doinking, you get balls double doinking. You know, that stuff happens. You got momentum, you know, you you believe in yourself, and maybe Chicago is doubting a little bit. That stuff happens, man. Look, here here's the bottom line. There's like you're down fifteen to ten with just under five minutes left. The ball at your own forty yard line, season on the line against the best defense in football. Nick Foles goes six for nine, nice, six for nine for 59 yards and a game-winning effing touchdown. St. Nick showed up today, and it was glorious. It was absolutely glorious. Also, before we go into anything else about this game, I do want to highlight the Bears and Matt Nagy did not do a good enough job getting Tariq Cohen the ball. He would have been a problem in this game. They, didn't, they don't have anybody on defense that can match up with him, whether it's a linebacker or a safety. They're, they don't have anybody that can match up and stop Tariq Cohen, and they did not give him the ball enough. They didn't find him on the sidelines. They didn't give it to him in the backfield. If they, folk, if they, if they game plan more around getting Tariq Cohen touches, I think they actually win this game pretty handily. But yeah. Oh, absolutely. They didn't. He had they one carry. Yeah. One carry, no yards. One carry? Three catches. Yeah. Yep. Three catches, 27 yards. That's oh, all he had. Okay. And they then he had not... that big return to end the game. Yeah. That was about it. Jeez. So, oh, that's, why, that's why I think the Bears lost, honestly. I th- and, and, and at this point in the year, it comes down to, like, just little things. And I think the little thing that killed them was that they just didn't focus enough on Tariq Cohen. I think uh, another thing to look at was the penalties in this game. It played a big story. I, I mainly, and we'll, we're going to get into the most using call in NFL history in a second, which I do have the results for that. Uh, the Al Riveron came back on, but on that weird catch. But so the penalties in this game, uh, I have a note that I saw uh, each of the Bears scoring drives, including a third down stop wiped out by flags. The Eagles go ahead drive, went 83 yards, but 52 of those were yards on three penalties. Like that's wild. Yep. So mm-hmm. many penalties in this game. And there were some rough calls, but overall, like some of those penalties were avoidable easily. 
though. It, it was it was a messy game, over, especially in the first half. The Bears had one drive. Well, they were on defense, and they had two huge penalties. It was uh, pass interference and – or may have been two pass interference calls that were like 50 yards right there, put the Eagles in good field position, and I think they scored that drive too. But, yeah, it was huge in this game, penalties. Yeah, it was wild. Um, another point, the Eagles offensive line looks like the Eagles offensive line, as we said. The Bears, towards the end of the game – especially when Foles started getting light. He started getting uh, caught the flame that he had. The Bears just couldn't get to him when it mattered. They got to him early on, but then they, the, like I said, the Bears' offensive line became the Bears' off. – I'm sorry, the Eagles' offensive line became the Eagles' offensive line again. And that should be terrifying for a team. Well, I mean – I mean, playing. look, look they, they, they're, a good, they're a good pass blocking line, and they did that well yeah. tonight. They did not run block well. Oh, all. absolutely not. They got 23 dom- carries, 42 yards. They got dominated by that Good Bears point. defensive line yeah. when it comes to running the football. But in terms of protecting Nick, and I think, honestly, when you protect a quarterback, it's pretty much all just will at that point because right. you don't have to push anybody backwards. You're just basically yeah. sacrificing your own physical health to try to let someone not go by you. Right. <laughs> uh, and, I think, and, I, and I think that's like a big part of it, too. They were just, they just all lined up, and they were like, you're not getting past us at all. Like, you're, you're not hitting our boy. And they hit Nick a good amount because they, they actually blitzed a little bit too. But for the most part, Nick stood in there and made a lot of great throws. Yeah, it was a really good performance overall. Um, yeah, you guys remember that catch. And what was it, the second quarter, I think? It's like 30 With... seconds left near the end of the half. So, so the official call for the listeners that were curious are, or is, the receiver controlled the ball with two feet down and then took an additional step, so it was a catch. However, because he was not down by contact, and there was, quote, no video evidence of a clear recovery or the ball going out of bounds, end quote, the ruling of incomplete stands. I thought it was incomplete because it looked like a fumble, and the referee picked up the ball. It was a super confusing play. I didn't know what was going on with anything. I, I, like, what is a catch rule? Do we still know what the catch rule is? What even is a catch I guess catch? you don't. I guess you don't have to maintain the ball when you go to the ground anymore, because that was the main yeah. thing for a while. Was that if you went to the ground, you had to maintain possession of the ball. But I guess you don't have to do that anymore. I don't really. That's that was the Des, that was the Des Bryant rule. That's why he didn't get his completion. Yeah. I don't. I don't. I, I don't know. Honestly, though, I think it's. I like that that rule, because like. The Eagles would have recovered the football, like just using like basic knowledge of the game. And if you watched what happened, there were like three Eagles around and no Bears guys. So like, I think there should be more like judgment calls in football. Like maybe you can't see the ball, but you can see his arm and it's very clearly over the goal line. But like, you can't really see the ball specifically, you know, but the ball's obviously going to be a touchdown because his arm's there. So I don't know. I'm a fan of more like judgment calls like that. And uh, I think it's – I like the rule. I think it's I think it's a fine call. Yeah. So it was a confusing process. Yeah. But, um, That's why we aren't referees. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's, I, I could never be a referee. A terrible job. I would be uh, a horrible referee. <laughs> I'll just get mad at the players who come at me. Exactly. <laughs> just be a coach to yell at the ref. <laughs> oh, jeez. Whoever, was, whoever um, was nicer to me. Whoever was more nice to me, I would just like give them all the calls. Oh, so totally. Uh, nice uh, yeah, oh, oh, absolutely, dude. Oh yeah. 
That guy's like a really nice quarterback. He'd get like tapped after the play and they'd be like, oh, you can't do that. No, that's a oh, personal foul. <laughs> oh, we haven't seen that very much this postseason. Yeah, to, good point. Passer and stuff like that. Um, I mean, guys are getting hit a lot. I don't know if they're just not calling it in the postseason or what the deal is, but they're just not really calling it the postseason. True, I don't Maybe they're just focused on other things in the field. I have no idea. But there haven't <laughs> been many plays that deserve that kind of call, though. Yeah, that true. I've seen. So, but um, well, looking at tonight's game, though, just one more point. Um, yep. The the Bears in general, like they just totally dominated. It seems like on the stat sheet, if you just look at them on the stat sheet, you would think, okay, the Bears won by at least a touchdown. Yeah. Trub- Trubisky played well enough to win that game. It was 26 for 43, 303 yards and a touchdown with no picks, which is pretty good. The The run game wasn't established much at all, but Allen Robinson had a huge game. Defense played pretty well for most of the game, and they limited Philly to only 42 yards rushing. So, But, again, it's St. Nick. St. Nick. The magic of Nick Foles. Big Nick. Leading him to New Orleans in the Superdome next week. That's going to be really, <laughs> really fun to watch. Man. What a matchup. Nick Foles no and Drew Brees. I'm so happy about it. That was the best thing that <laughs> could have happened to awesome. the Cowboys. That was the best thing that could have happened to the Cowboys. Like, in yeah. all seriousness. Because I don't really like them going to the Superdome anyways. But if the Eagles can go in there, and then they can beat the Saints. Oh, the Cowboys can beat the Rams. I already know this. They may can not imagine, it, but they can. can the Rams, Eagles. Cowboys, Eagles, and the NFC. Oh, they're gonna go to Jerry World, and the Cowboys already dominated them in Jerry World. So, like, I'm just saying, there's can a chance. Imagine, you imagine if the Eagles went to the Super Bowl again, but they played the Colts because the Colts coach is Frank Reich, who who actually he was the offensive coordinator last year for the Eagles, and then them rematch again. Ooh. And it's both the six seeds. It's not gonna happen. Ooh. There's no way. No, Ooh. there's no way it happens to both of them. I mean, the I wouldn't. And, I, I still wouldn't be shocked. The Chiefs and the Patriots. Anything could happen. I, I don't think. The, the Patriots are not going. No. Nope. I know. Angelo has great halves, but like again, the second half. I guess we may. I mean, I, if we transition to the Texans game from here, Angelo had a really good first half, but he had a rough second half against that Texans team. If, yeah, Deshaun, if Deshaun was playing like a competent quarterback. They probably wouldn't have been able to come back. Oh, yeah. like they, they almost came back. It was like, tied at the end, yeah. So, uh, I mean, again, Angel Look has got to put together a great four-quarter performance, or they're not going to beat a team like the, like they're not going to beat the Chiefs, or they're not going to beat the Patriots. But yeah, yeah, his first half performance was MVP like the way he was playing. He looked great. Very good. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Um, it, it's good to see him back healthy again and performing the way he is, getting Ty yeah. out there playing well. The way, the, run the way that I saw the game kind of unfold was so Indy went nine and one to close out the season, which is super, super Ooh. impressive. And they completely, like we said, they completely rode into this game with that momentum. I have a note from the first quarter, they had 155 net yards on offense. The Texans had just under 40. They they just dominated. It, it, it was crazy. So the tone was set from the get-go, basically. Andrew Luck, like you said. Amazing performance. Uh, the Colts' defense was great. Gave Watson constant pressure throughout the game. That because the, and Watson's offensive line was is just trash. Yeah, um, DeAndre Hopkins, uh, 
yeah, I, I forgot his name for a second. Hopkins was held, was held in check the entire game, 37 yards on 10 targets. Uh, look, the better team showed up. I think that's just all, all it was. The, the yeah. tone was set from the beginning. Uh, I'm, I think this was a reason we put the, <laughs> the Colts-Texans game in front of uh, – Chargers Ravens because there's just not much to get there's not much depth to this game it's as simple as that the better team showed up uh, mm-hmm. oh actually Bill O'Brien like what what, what are they what's Houston gonna do about this guy Matt mm. what's, what's the deal with I'm, I don't know what they're gonna do with this guy they are not gonna get anywhere they're not gonna be relevant with him as their head coach Ooh. but he's just good enough to stay as the head coach they're in the Marvin Lewis situation where Marvin Lewis was just good enough to win them a couple titles conference titles just good enough to get them to the playoffs but it was never good enough to actually do anything or be relevant that's where the texans are and the texans gotta look right now they gotta be like do we want to win do we want to you know have be a championship caliber team yeah the answer is yes you gotta think about moving on from the guy or at least drafting give maybe give him one or two more years but go all in with offensive linemen True. They've done a really poor job, not only signing, but developing um, line talent. Uh, I mean, they have like J.J. Watt, Jadavian Clowney, but even they're under like they, for, for their talent level, they're underperforming. Like in big oh, games, yeah. like they should be dominating line oh, switches yeah. in the play in these playoff games. And they just don't. They make some plays occasionally, but like they don't dominate like they should be. I don't know whether it's like I don't know whether maybe it's too relaxed. In the Texans, like, locker room, maybe the team doesn't really get – maybe, like, the practices aren't as intense as they need to be. The players don't – I don't know. I don't know what it is. But they've had a rough time with, like, line talent on both sides of the ball. And, and you mentioned Marvin Lewis. It's like this team, in a way, it it's very similar to Marvin Lewis's Bengals. So talented all around, and they just can't get past the first round if they get to the playoffs even. It's just consistently mediocre or just getting into the playoffs. So, I don't know. I mean, if they give, give O'Brien another year or two, if he doesn't get past the wild card round, you might want to consider a change. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's coming. It's coming real soon. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's get into this last game. Chargers-Ravens. Really, a game that started out as a semi-blowout. Not really. This is an ugly game. Really ugly game. Really, really ugly. And ended even uglier. And just so, okay. The the game starts. The Ravens fumbled the ball three times in the first eight snaps. Uh, Here's my question to start this off. Do we blame, you think it's playoff inexperience that explains the early game jitters? Like, what the heck was up with Lamar and the Ravens' offense in the beginning? Well, he's had fumble problems throughout the year. There's something that Tony Romo was really talking about a lot. And that's why I actually really appreciate Tony Romo on, on commentary. I learned a lot just by listening to him talk about the team. Oh, yeah. We live in Florida. I can't really watch full Baltimore Ravens games. You know, I can right. watch highlights. I can watch Red Zone. But I can't, you know, I can't fully watch the inner machinations of what happens with their team. And, yeah, I mean, he broke down a lot of the stuff that's wrong with the team offensively. And it showed in this game, whether it's fumbles or whether it was what the Browns did last week. The Browns shut them out on the ground last week, and they struggled the second half. They did a similar thing this week, and they couldn't get anything going on the ground. And for the first three and a half quarters, the offense couldn't do squat. 
They couldn't do anything. If it wasn't for the special teams coming up huge in the third quarter, this would have been a blowout. This would have been like 20, 28 to zero, 26 to zero. If the special teams didn't come up clutch multiple times in that third quarter, it would have gotten real, real ugly. But they kept him in the game. And Lamar Jackson, he had a couple pretty good drives at the end. The Chargers were kind of giving it away a little bit, dropped a couple interceptions. Yeah. But Lamar still, it's still impressive. He lead a couple drives at the end of the game. Uh, but, at, you know, he couldn't get it done. So Yeah, I mean, to, to break that down, Baltimore was down 23-3 halfway through the fourth. And M&T Bank Stadium, they were basically prepared just to beat traffic before the final. Like, it, I wasn't looking at the stands, but it felt like it. Super quiet. It felt over. Uh, yeah, like Matt said, Jackson caught a little bit of fire through a pair of touchdown strikes to Michael Crabtree. Uh, Chargers were kind of stripling for hope. They didn't really know what was going on. Phillip Rivers was freaking out <laughs> at the line of scrimmage. He, he looked <laughs> mad, man. He was so mad. He looked like an angry dad who, like – whose son came home to after curfew. He looks really upset. And uh, so, yeah, you're in, you're in way within the two-minute mark. Um, the Ravens forced a punt, take over with 45 seconds, only to watch their season end after another Lamar Jackson fumble, another his third fumble. of the game. Um, before we get into the defensive side of things, should Flacco have come into the game? Do you want to start, Chris, or you want me to go? Yeah. That I mean, honestly, if if I were in Harbaugh's position, that was that's like it's such a tough call because it not only affects the game like that game that they're in, but it also affects the future of next season. Of if they advance, what do they do now? Who do they do they start Flacco? Do they start Lamar? But in a way, I I don't blame him for ha- having Lamar stay in the game to give him that confidence to go in there and just like, okay, you're our quarterback. You got to go out and win this for us. And he played well in the fourth quarter, but you got to, you got to play full 60 minutes to win in the NFL in the playoffs. So I don't, I don't blame him. I mean, I would have liked to see Flacco because he has the experience and he's proven he can play well in the playoffs, but I don't know. That That's just my thought. What do you think, Matt? John Harbaugh made a call. And if he was the GM of the team, um, it would make a lot of sense. You know, you want to keep Lamar in there. He's a quarterback. He, he is your quarterback of the future. That's the plan. Joe Flacco is probably going to leave. If you put Joe in, all of a sudden he leads three or four touchdown drives. They beat the Chargers. All of a sudden now you have all your fans like screaming at you to start Joe Flacco, re-sign Joe Flacco. This was a big mistake. You should have never benched him in the first place. You're going to have all this talk. And I think John Harbaugh, again, you look at it like a GM, he made the smart decision. You look at it from a head coaching perspective and looking at what can I do to just win this game? Nothing yeah. else. Playoff game. What can we do to get past this round? I think he made a bad call. I yeah, think it, he was looking at it like he's going to be there for the next 10 years. I don't think he's going to be. There's been rumors and talks in the Ravens organization they're going to trade him because they can get multiple first-round picks from other organizations. Right. He needed to win now. I don't think he's going to be with the team in the near future because they can just get they can get something out of them and they're going to have a new regime anyways with Lamar Jackson. You know, Terrell Suggs is going to retire soon. All these guys that he's been coaching are going to retire. There's going to be a bunch of new guys that come in. I think he should have just went with, you know what? Let's go for it. Let's try to win now. And he didn't do that. And I think he's going to regret it. But You know, it was interesting, though. Before the game, there were reports that the Ravens would 
cut or trade Flacco this offseason. So I don't know if any of that kind of factored into the to the game where well, we don't want to play Flacco because he's not going to be here next year. Right. The plan is to move away. The plan is to move on from Flacco. So I again, again, like I was saying, as a GM, I understand why you don't play Flacco. You don't want to create ascension in the locker room because what happens if he comes in and have a similar fourth quarter to what Lamar had? So Lamar struggled all game. Flacco comes in, throws two or three touchdowns. Mm. Now you have half the locker room like, yeah, Joe Flacco's been here before. Guys like Terrell Suggs who trust Joe Flacco who are just like, yeah, let's do it again. But then you have other guys like they're like they're running backs and they're newer guys who actually play in this like the offense in the scheme. And they're like, no, this is our starter. So, again, I don't know. It, it's a tough call. But. Well, and also RG3 didn't even dress today. So yeah. they're only they're only backup was Flacco. Yeah. So at, th- at that point, if they don't want to play Flacco and he's not going to be in their near future. Why did you even? Then you got to go Lamar. Yeah, I I don't even know why they dressed him, to be honest. It, it, like, wh- he played so bad, it was pretty much like he was playing injured anyways. Like, <laughs> for the first three quarters, it was he was essentially playing, like, with a piano on his back. He, you know, it, I don't know. Like, it, it was no difference whether he got injured or not. He was playing so poorly, you got to put the backup in if the backup's, like, you know, Joe Flacco. Yeah. So, I don't know. They obviously yeah. didn't plan. They did not plan to play him. They should have just dressed RG3 so that all the discussion wouldn't happen. Lamar got beat up, though. Seven sacks, 55 yards. Wow. He did. Um, So I wanted to make a spotlight on the Chargers defense because defensive coordinator Gus Bradley, I didn't know if it was a – I think he – it wouldn't call it a new game plan, but it was similar to the last time they played Baltimore. But he switched up a little bit. Uh, He he kept – this is what I noticed – from watching some replays that I saw, he was keeping about three to four safeties in the back. And there was uh, Adam Schefter tweeted that Los Angeles utilized seven defensive backs and 58 up to 59 defensive snaps. Um, Honestly, I saw by doing that, the box was like pretty much consistent. I saw a five, two scheme at one point. Matt called there. What they ran the five, two a couple times. They did. Yeah. The run game was non-existent today. It wasn't there. Um, Baltimore is has an offense that can be studied and stopped efficiently. It was proven again today. Um, I don't like just I guess on the defensive side of things, what are your guys' thoughts on the game today? I mean, same. You know, that's honestly they did a great job. Gus Bradley did a great job scouting this team, putting together a game plan that worked beautifully. Uh yeah, they looked for a second like they got fire and they didn't. But yeah, <laughs> Gus Bradley did a fantastic job defensively. Honestly. It's like, yeah, they did some new stuff schematically. What this game was, was Melvin Ingram just murdering that offensive line. Oh, man. Every play. It was every play. He would, oh, man. He played, like, out of every every player this week. I know we like to talk about Nick Foles. It's kind of a joke. The the Eagles played amazing football all, all around. I don't think anybody played better than Melvin Ingram this week. Agreed. Like, real talk. He, he was a star of the week. He played the best out of anybody. And he, yeah, without him. Two sacks. Two sacks. He was in the backfield all game. Recovered a fumble. Recovered the, yeah, the ending fumble. Two tackles for loss. Seven tackles. Ugh. He was in the backfield all game. And even when he didn't make tackles, he was making Lamar step up. He was making the defensive tackles get, the DTs get sacks. Because he would step up into the DTs and the DTs would get them. So, like, yeah, no, just he played phenomenal. 
and they they showed up. The defense did. Oh yeah, they, I mean they they forced the Ravens into being one dimensional for a majority of the game because they just like okay, Lamar, you gotta win in the air. You, you gotta throw the ball. They just, like yep. you said in our last episode, Matt. Why don't they just run a five two? Well, just stack the box. <laughs> just stack the box. He did run the just, Okay, just run on me now. Yeah. Or just throw the ball over our head, and he, they couldn't do it until the fourth quarter. So I mean, yeah, the, the, defensively they had a really good game plan for the the Ravens, and I mean, yeah. it, it's going to be a long off season for Baltimore to, for them to figure out what they're going to do next year to be able to implement more of a passing game, and not just be all run dominant. Because yeah. the Chargers just figure them out. Now every team's looking at them like, okay, we can we can stop them. Yeah, that's a problem yeah. when you have a quarterback like Lamar who he can throw yeah. the football, but if you you know if he ever gets in a situation where he has to throw the football, it's not probably not going to turn out very well. You know, it took him like nine drives to get going. You know, so mm-hmm. that, that's the problem with having a quarterback like that. That's why Tim Tebow, and all, and you know, joking aside, that's why Tim Tebow didn't stay in the NFL very long, because I yeah. think teams thought like, yeah, it works, but like schematically, it probably won't work for very, it won't work for very long, because if you just stack the box with them, that's what the Patriots proved when they played Denver. You just stack the box against them, and you're like, all right, Tim, beat us, and he's like, oh, I can't. <laughs> so you know, that's yeah. I mean, that's what they did with Lamar. So Lamar's got to grow. They've got to. Their offense has got to grow a lot. They got to implement a lot, of, a lot of new plays, a lot of new schemes. Maybe start running like pistol stuff, some wishbone stuff. Uh, just do what you do to basically emphasize his strengths. Yeah, yeah you got to get creative mm-hmm. somehow, some way. I think mean, it'll be a. I mean, they got an early off season to plan. Am I right? <laughs> I saw a great meme. It was like the SpongeBob meme where it's like a capital letter and like like a lowercase letter, a capital letter. Yeah. It was like, you don't want to face the Ravens in the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> so everybody, everybody was saying it, and we were saying it too. But uh, it's I mean, I picked him to go to the Super Bowl. I and, did. <laughs> yeah. yeah it, was, it was surprising that they played this poorly. If, if it was college football, they probably would have made it to the oh, Super, sure. uh, national title game. Yeah, an all-star it's... team right there. It's not how it works in the NFL. Um, uh, if it was college football, if it was college football, they would have been shafted and not allowed in. So that's pretty much what would have happened. <laughs> You're not wrong. <laughs> hey, I have an idea. Since you've run out of stuff to say about the NFL, what are your quick takes? I want some quick takes right here. National title game is tomorrow night. I actually forgot about it until like an hour ago. Um, Who's winning tomorrow? National title game. Clemson versus Auburn in California. Clemson versus who? Alabama. What did I did I say Auburn? Or I say Alabama? Yes. Oh. <laughs> I wish it was Clemson versus Auburn. You kidding me? My bad. Alabama. Dare... Hey, same state. You're close. How dare you? We're nothing like the tide. Get out of here. Um No, I mean I mean I think Alabama's gonna win. Clemson's got so themselves what Trevor Lawrence, right? That's yeah. the quarterback. Yeah. He is gonna be good. Great. He's already good. He's what is he? Is he a freshman? He's yes. he, yeah, he's nineteen, and he, they're already comparing him to a mobile. Damn, he's nineteen. Oh, sh- I didn't know that. Yeah, he's, he's gonna really be really smart. Mm-hmm. He's mm-hmm. like, he's like definitely like top NFL prospect. He's really good. I don't think he's experienced enough to beat Alabama. 
Yeah, Nick Saban's going to throw a lot of different zones, a lot of different coverages at him. Uh, Lineman's dropping into coverage, safety's coming up and blitzing. They're going to do a lot of different schematic stuff with him. He's not going to know what to do. And I think he's going to, th- I think he'll have an okay game, but he'll make a couple big mistakes. And I think Alabama will win the game. I think it, it'll, it'll definitely come down to QB play. I think, I think both QBs will play well. Um, I hope Clemson wins, but I think <laughs> Alabama's going to pull out. Yeah. With the win, uh, it'll, I think it's going to be pretty close. It's gonna, it's gonna be a classic to me. I, I just, I'm, I'm feeling it. It's gonna be like a three-point game. It's gonna come down to the last minute. So, somebody's gonna score a touchdown or a field goal to win the game. But I think Alabama's gonna come on top. But it'll be nice. Maybe next year, none of those teams will be in the in the national championship. Wouldn't that be nice? It's not gonna for, happen for a change. For a change, the same teams again. I get all. Mm-hmm. It's four oh, times yeah. in a row. Ah, no, I mean, I get it. I just don't. I want to see Trevor Lawrence do it first before I like put actual weight behind what I'm saying. Like, I don't know if he can do it. And he just look Nick Saban, freshman quarterback. That's all I need to hear. I don't really care how good the freshman quarterback is. He hasn't seen very. You know, he plays in the ACC. It's not very good this year, to be honest. Um. He hasn't seen a lot of complex coverages. He hasn't played a lot of great defenses. I think they're going to exploit him. So we we saw last year in the national championship when Tua was first introduced to everybody. It's when Jalen Hurts got hurt, Jalen Hurts got hurt. Yeah, <laughs> and then Tua came in. So what if Tua got hurt and Jalen comes in and he wins Damn the national wins. championship? Yeah, on a game-winning touchdown at the buzzer. Clear for the draft. Just like last year. And be done. <laughs> right there. Right to clear there. for the draft Boom. right there. Yeah. Like, done. seriously, like, walk away right there, Jalen. <laughs> Don't stay any longer than you have to. Is he, right I mean, to is he actually, like, a legitimate draft prospect? I don't know. That's the thing that's weird to me. Right? It's really strange. Because, like, I think he should be. He has the talent, but he refuses to leave Alabama, which is fair. Yeah, that's fair. But Tua still has another year left. So either Jalen decides to redshirt next year. Is he a senior or a junior? What is he? Oh, he's he just graduated. Oh. <laughs> I mean, I think he's a ju- I think he's a junior. He graduated a year early, so I think he's a junior. Um, all I know is that he has one year of eligibility left, so he can redshirt, and then maybe play the year after Tua leaves. But he, I, I don't know. It's rough. He's, he's a junior. Jalen so Hurts is. He can, he can redshirt his senior year and then play as a fifth. He can play as a fifth-year senior at Alabama to hope to go to the NFL. Which is, that might be his best chance, to be honest, if he wants to go to the NFL. Because he's staying in. He stayed. I mean, he's going in like med school or something like that. Like I, I don't even think he's gonna play call, like football professionally. I think he's gonna have an actual job. He, he he got a four year degree in th- three years. He's like a genius of a kid. So wow. yeah, I think I think he's gonna actually have a real job, to be honest. Um, but <laughs> have I, backup. maybe he'll get redshirted and then go to, and then play as a fifth year senior. But I don't know. It's gonna be a fun one. What's your well, pick, Zach? I could care less. No, I'm <laughs> kidding. I I asked that question with absolutely no knowledge of the game saying oh don't worry chris and matt will cover it so thanks for throwing it back at me chris um oh absolutely I love, no I, problem. I'm kidding. I love trevor lawrence <laughs> i actually like Tua a lot this is for me i usually 
want Bama to lose so bad, and I do, but I I kind of like know. this Bama team. Like they're they're not a bad group of guys, and I've I've reached the point with Nick Saban where I don't like him because he wins so much, and I'm kind of like over it. So it's like you know what if you it, it it's like if he wins, be like all right, yeah. So I'm, I'm walking into this game super pessimistic, which is going to make it really amazing if Clemson pulls out the win. Like, I might cry if Clemson wins tomorrow. So, it, 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 I mean, I'm... going to cry? I might cry. I'm, I'm so... Con- I'm, I probably, like... I, after the Eagles game tonight, I was... I was I saw, you know, that's when I kind of realized, oh, the national title game is tomorrow. And I asked myself, hey, Zach, who's going to win tomorrow? Oh, pff, Obama, of course. So, who knows? I, I want to see Dabo win. I might cry. I might when, cry tomorrow night. When Deshaun put the team on his back and beat Alabama, did you cry then? No. You better not. You better. You better not cry this time, then, buddy. <laughs> Dabo's gonna win. He. Just saying. Game. I added the game a little bit. Matthew. Win. That's horrible. Um, <laughs> uh, How do you disrespect me like that? Disrespectful. Disrespectful. All right, we're I moving wanna, on. I want to end with. We had a shorter episode today, so I want to end with some breaking news we got during the Bears-Eagles game. A little, little basketball talk. Don't worry, basketball fans. Once football season is over, we'll go full swing into basketball. So your time is coming. But we're too preoccupied with football, and we don't want to talk for three hours. So breaking news. Tom Thibodeau, the Timberwolves, GM and coach, fired. Thoughts? Ousted. I mean, I, I mean, I don't know. It's tough. I never want a guy to lose his job, obviously. Yeah. Other, other than like Marvin Lewis, where it's like, I'm just over it. But I don't know, man. I got, I, to, I told you guys in the group chat, Taj Gibson, who is kind of like a player's guy, kind of like a locker room leader type player. Yeah. He refused to show up for the Timberwolves. And Tom Thibodeau is the guy who like carved out a role for him on the Bulls. So these guys have like an actual relationship. Um, True. And, and then Tosh Gibson was like liking posts on Instagram about them, like replacing their coach and doing all this nonsense. And it's like, all right, all right. Very obviously he had lost control of the locker room. That's gotta um, be the case. We thought Jimmy Butler, we, there was some thought that like maybe Tom Thibodeau was the problem with Jimmy Butler. I think Jimmy Butler is just the problem with Jimmy Butler um, as he's showing in Philadelphia, but I don't know. Derek Rose though. Maybe people are upset because maybe he's like showing favoritism. That maybe they feel like he's showing favoritism to Derrick Rose. Maybe that's an issue some players had. Um, I don't know. I don't know. But well, that could be the case. I mean, they're 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 a talented basketball team. They are. And they're Andrew, just outside of the playoffs. This I, now I don't know. Did he make the decision to pay Andrew Wiggins all that money? Was that him or was that because he's the GM? Well, he is the GM, so it could be probably. Yeah. If that was his decision to pay Andrew Wiggins that stupid contract he got, then, yeah, I think I understand why he got fired. <laughs> Andrew, Wiggins, Andrew Wiggins is, like, an okay basketball player. Like, and he gave him, like, $130 million or something stupid like that. I mean, that and and Tibbs doesn't like young players. Like, he, he besides overpaying Wiggins, like, he never used cap correctly. He, he right. He jumped, granted, Derrick Rose is having a great season, but, like, he jumped to him, like, as soon as he got him when – Rose was kind of trash when he came over there. He just doesn't like. I, I almost I want Tibbs to go to a team like the Bulls, where there's all young players and he's forced to use them in prime time spots. Like he just doesn't know how to like put together. It's like he's trying to recreate the old Bulls team that he had, and 
yeah. can't do that right now. You got you got a fresh roster, so right. learn to use it. I think he's one of the yeah. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. I was gonna say I think he's one of those guys. Pop was talking about it a couple weeks ago. He was like, I hate basketball now. What even is it? There's <laughs> a bunch of young guys shooting three pointers. That's all it is. I hate it. And I think Tom Thibodeau is the same type of guy. Carl mm. Anthony Towns shoots a three pointer. He's just like, he shoots a three pointer. And then, and then Thibodeau is just like, what are you do? You're like seven feet tall. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, yeah, but he can shoot. So I think, I think there was like an issue with the way he was coaching the team and just, yeah, it's I think more old school. Same. We're going to see a lot of old school guys start leaving the NBA pretty soon. Mm. They're not going to be able to catch on to the three point shooting, the space and pace game. They're not going to be able to really catch on. and They're not going to like it. And I think teams are going to move on from a lot of those old school coaches. Apparently, uh, though, uh, Thibodeau, he found out about getting fired while he was in his office right oh, after no. beating the Lakers. So they, oh, had, what, they no. won the game. And he's like, oh, no, you're fired. You're out. <laughs> and then apparently now they're, the Timberwolves are looking into hiring Fred Hoiberg, another Bulls former coach. Oh, my god! To be their GM. Jesus. And their GM? GM? Yes. Wait, both or just the GM? Be in the NBA. Oh my god! They had mentioned both. I could check real quick, but that would—I mean—it's like they—they they think Fred Hoiberg would be better than Tom Thibodeau. This organization is a joke. <laughs> like, oh my gosh, Fred Hoiberg should just go back to college. Okay, like, so I, it says he's Fred Hoiberg is in serious consideration to become either the next GM or head coach of the Timberwolves. So I don't think he'll be both. Be either or. But why would he be a GM? Oh, he, he's not even good. Go back to college. Look at all that young town he had in Chicago. Look at all the development he did. Yeah. Mm. Oh, wait. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know, so, man. I don't know about that I one, don't, I don't like Fred Hoiberg. I don't think he should be, like, an NBA coach. I think he had a couple good years in college, and everybody was just like, oh, NBA coach. And it's like, what? You got to prove yourself. Like, you got to be there for a while. Right now, the the interim head coach is Ryan Saunders, who is the son of Flip Saunders, who was their longtime head coach, and he has the possibility of winning the full time job if he does well. Is Flip Saunders still with the organization, or no? no? He's not alive anymore. Oh, yeah. Did that happen? Uh, I think a couple of years ago. Dang, I had no idea. <laughs> Hashtag rip. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I remember him being my coach in like 2K14. Thanks. <laughs> he was amazing. <laughs> That's a shame, dude. Kevin Garnett. Mm. Oh. Sam. Mm -hmm. Sam. Yes. <laughs> well, all right. Uh, it's been a good weekend else? of football, guys. Yeah, it's been a great weekend. Um, hey, you want to, you know. You want to give us a give us a little listen, listeny listen on your uh, podcast outlets. We are on uh, Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Castbox, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, and Stitcher. Oh, by the way, happy birthday, Gilbert Arenas! Bye, guys. <laughs> zero in the house. Yeah, Gilbert. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, guys. <laughs>